This feature, Claire Women in Business, is funded by Kumashun Naman with a television license fee. Welcome to Clare Women in Business on Clare FM. Today we meet Patricia Farrell, CEO of Wild Irish Chocolates in Toomgraney. Having moved to Clare from Dublin, Patricia and her husband made the decision to start their own business and despite having no background in the food industry, opted to produce chocolate. This meant moving from North Clare, where they settled originally, to the east of the county, where Wild Irish Chocolates was born and operates today from a factory in Toomgraney. I came to North Clare initially, oh, nearly 30 years ago, to work in a small community development cooperative that was focused mostly on tourism, with a bit of uh, food business as well involved in it and kind of learned a little bit about tourism and about food production at that stage. And then via that route and then into tourism, you know, realised that, you know, you could start your own business yourself and uh, look to what you know. The advice always uh, back in the day, pre your ability to go onto Google and find stuff, you had to go and get books. And in the books, all the books about start a business are... I don't even think the word entrepreneur even existed. I don't remember hearing it until about 10 years ago. What they all said was, stick to what you know and stick to what you're interested in. And that kind of fit into starting something as a tourism food product. Because at the time, food tourism didn't really exist. And I'm not saying that I was ahead of the curve. I just, you were always looking for a gap. Where is there a gap in the market and what can I do that fits the criteria that I've already identified as missing? And it seemed to me that it was very convenient because I actually did happen to also be a bit of a, a passionate fan of chocolate that there weren't any, hardly any chocolate products. And so we thought that that would be um, a good thing to get into the production of. So that's why it's food married to tourism because that's my background. I'm from an academic background more so than anything so I had no experience in food production but you know when you're young and you're starting a business you never it doesn't cross your mind to think of well is, is there are there easier businesses out there because starting a food manufacturing business has a lot more I wouldn't say problems but there are more things you have to keep on top of all the time than just starting making widgets or something like that so that was an area of no knowledge other than just go back to the books how do you make chocolate how do you do this how do you do that so I would you know that was where we where we started and um, but had a little bit more knowledge about tourism as an industry in County Clare and how important it was. This was when Shannon Development was the development agency for Clare and the Midwest region and they had a programme of investigate, I forget the phrase now, but it was find out about the thing you might be interested yes. in and they had a support programme for that. So we used that very carefully to do research, again going back to having to go to books and actually arrive in places and look at you know, reports up in Dublin in, in the various agencies as to what, what were the volumes of businesses that you could potentially gain if you were a startup. So, yes, there was. We went for support for uh, the investigation phase, and then we went for a bit of support in f finding a location and inputting the the proper infrastructure 
to be a food production business. What do you do first when you want to start your own business and develop your own infrastructure? I think the thing you have to do first is ask every question you can even imagine. Find everybody who has any potential answer for any question you potentially have. First of all, you have to have the question, so you've got to ask yourself, I mean, it's down to as basic as how is this product made? It seems stupidly simple, but it isn't because there's many ways of making a product. You can do it in a handmade manner or you can go right up to a total industrial scale production. So as a small business person, you have to ask yourself the question, how can this be done with the budget? So you've got these questions, what is my budget? Who knows the information that I don't know? And there's a lot of times, you know, I mean, I remember we we had a, a potential supplier of raw materials to us and we literally said, how do people do this thing that we want to do? And he says, oh, and we were helped by people who were looking to have a business relationship with us, but they also had knowledge. So you ask questions. I mean, you, you, you blatantly and brazenly go up to near complete strangers and go, do you know anything about this? Do you know anything about that? And I mean, it's just asking questions and remembering the answers and trying to utilize every scrap. Because again, I go back to pre-Google times, pre-internet times, there was no information. I mean, you literally just had to ask people, ring up people and say, what do you know? about?" I mean, I always remember saying, I'm trying to find out about this. Do you know anything about that? And do you know anybody who does know? So it was questions, ask questions, basically, and then get started in the infrastructure. What do you remember of coming to East Clare and coming into a new community and wanting to establish a new business in a new community? Um, I have to say, coming into East Clare was was very exciting because the, it was the welcoming atmosphere. East Clare was very open. They had already had influxes, various influxes of various international arrivals from Britain and and Holland and France and Germany. So they were quite open, as far as I can understand, to new arrivals. I mean, it doesn't mean that you didn't feel a bit strange saying, "I'm starting a chocolate factory in East Clare." I mean, there was many a times when people say. They look at you as if you have lost your mind and you say, yeah, I, I'm starting a chocolate factory in, in the wilds of County Clare. And so it was, a bit, it, was, it was a bit funny because I don't think there's no history of chocolate making in Clare or even Ireland probably going back, you know, a long time. So, so coming to East Clare was a, it was a very interesting development because we, we had a unit here that we could actually convert to food processing because at the time when we were looking for somewhere to actually start making food you had there was nowhere there was no available premises that were food production capable and that was the problem and that's why we ended up in East Clare because we we found a premises that could be converted. Where did the name come from? You mentioned the wilds of East Clare yeah. but that's well, not we're not from, from. I wish I was the wilds of East Clare it'd be easier <laughs> to explain you know, when you're looking around for, you know, I, I didn't want to call my business Farrell's Chocolate Factory because it wasn't, didn't have any ring to it. It wasn't an exciting name. It wasn't romantic. You know, at the time we, when we were discussing what will we, what will we call this business, we thought we'd pick something that had a resonance to us as people. And, it's, you know, it was myself and my husband, of course. There's always a man in the background, you know, helping you and coming up with all the answers or some of the answers. And he was a big fan of Oscar Wilde. And 
you know, we looked at all the, the names and the, the colours and everything that you could use from that. And what really struck me at the time was that the phrase, I can resist anything except temptation, was one of the most famous phrases associated with Oscar Wilde. And I thought, oh, okay, that's a good, that's kind of like a little bit of a strap line. That's what we'd call it nowadays, a strap line. But at the time, I just thought it, it fit what we wanted to do, which was to create something so tempting that you couldn't say no. So that's kind of like where the name came from. And it's also easier to pronounce yeah. as well. <laughs> Starting off here then the first day, was the premises as big as it is now? No. When we came here first, we only had one small building. It was a thousand square foot building, which actually at the time was even too big for the size of business that we had. We had a little corner make, making and the rest of it was a playground for children because we also uh, had a couple of youngsters. We had a, a one-year-old and uh, next after that we had a, a two-year-old and they were literally playing in the cardboard boxes in one <laughs> corner of the chocolate factory while we were making chocolates in the other. So at the time it was, it was, it was, it, it, we thought it was huge, the building, but uh, as, as we grew and, and time went on and it became, you know, more, we needed more space eventually just around the time of covid 2019 we acquired the two next door little small units and now we have 3000 square feet and it's not big enough already we're going oh i wish we had more space so we it grew organically for a good while and then eventually you know you realize i have to get more space here and now we're nearly kind of done we need more space again but for now we'll we'll stick where we are with our three thousand because we now have um you can come and visit the chocolate factory we have chocolate factory experiences we have a chocolate cafe so we have more going back to tourism it's kind of like you go on a circular journey and we're back not that we ever left it but we're we're now in a place where more people can come and visit us let's talk then about exactly what you're making here it's one thing saying chocolate and is the plan or has the plan been to compete with the big names or just do your own thing again go back kind of brings you back to the very first time the, f the questions you would have been asking yourself when you started the business and the questions you needed to ask yourself you do end up answering if you stay around long enough as in who who are your competitors and are they the ones that you should be competing with and if you think about industrial production of products chocolate i mean cadbury's and all these guys and even the irish large-scale producers they can make stuff very very quickly for very low amounts of input costs and then uh, you know a handmade product is it's a completely different customer that you're looking for and it's a completely different product that you're offering so you're offering a very premium very luxury very high-end very satisfying product that isn't actually hugely more expensive it's a little bit more expensive but so your customer base who you're making for as a small producer it's a really hard thing to do is to go into supermarkets and compete with the global multinationals it, it's it's nearly a recipe for disaster because it's you have to set up large to compete large and it's very hard to grow so you, there's other customers out there who want what you're doing you just have to find them. How did you do that? How did you source the most likely shop or supermarket or market to take your products? You know, it, it's kind of like a process of them finding you, partly, and you sitting there and going, you know, who are, who are your customer segments? Like, who are likely to want... Like, they talk about ABC ones and, you know, all this socioeconomic groupings and all that. In a way, you nearly have to identify who's 
the best kind of a customer for you who, who wants what you're selling. You have to find out where they are, but then you also have to, where do they shop? You go, well, I know who my, you know, my typical customer, some of them would be, say, young urban professional. They, they would be a customer who would like to spend, they know they like their lovely wines, they like their nice restaurants, they like, you know, they like eating, they have a whole eating as an as a, as a experience rather than just to, to stay alive. So you have to find where they go and that is, is a matter of look at Instagram, social media, anywhere that you think people are expressing their preferences, you'd need to go there and see, well, what, what are they, what are they buying and where are they buying it? And, and that's how you would find the customer, the place where your customer is going to go. When you're starting a new business, you have enough red tape and bureaucracy and challenges yourself. Did you experience any difficulties or any challenges outside of what you expected? No, I, you know, regulations, the legislation and the regulation, the food safety regulations, they get increasingly more stringent, which is to, to the betterment of everybody's life, because at least then you have food safety as a, as a priority. So that, while you, you didn't expect it to keep on getting more difficult, it, it is one of the difficulties that you have to take it costs it's not even the difficulties everybody is happy to comply with every single legislation but it ends up costing more and it's trying to explain that to people but outside of just what you'd expect your you know the legislation to do which protect people's health make sure workers are looked after and you know make sure you comply with all the legislation i really don't think i i can't say other than just how do you find the money to do the things you want to do i mean like no other really other big problems other than things like you know COVID you know just those big challenges that everybody had to live through it's not just a factory you have here you invite people in people can visit you have the cafe and you have the shop as well is that because you feel people want to know how chocolate is made and maybe that instills a bit of confidence in the process and the product for them as well all of what you said there is part of it to be fair people have a strong interest even if sometimes they don't know the word but like if you want to throw that big word in their provenance the the most important question that i'm asked by 90 did you make it yourself is it made is it made here is the chocolate made here did you make it because they want to connect so, you know the global the increasingly global world where people know stuff comes from very far-flung places at the same time they want to feel that they have a direct connection to the person who's making the food they're about to eat or has some impact on their lives which seems you know it seems very like a large idea but it's actually a very small idea because even when we started first way back in 25 plus years ago a knock would come on the door the front door which wasn't a tourist shop or nothing like it saying is this where the chocolate factory is so people even back in those days still were going still wanted to know about where chocolate comes from how is it made you know what's how do you do what you're doing? Why does it taste? How do you make that? Where does that come from? They all want to know where everything comes from. They want to see you making it. So that's why we've responded more to people coming and knocking on the door than we set out to do. We actually had no intentions of it being a tourism facility in itself. But because of um, people arriving saying, can we see what's going on? Will you tell us more about it? Will you show us this? Will you, can we see how you're making that? So we've just said, okay, sure, come on in. And it's great that we do have this because, again, you're, you're, you, have, you have more um, financial stability when you're not depending on only one area of, of the economy. So it's great that we have 
like Clare people interested in Clare businesses going out there and going, well, what, where, where is this made? Oh, let's go and visit the chocolate factory that's down the road, or it's only across, it's only across the, <laughs> it's only across the road or something like that. They, they really find that's very interesting, and they like to meet you and they like to see what's going on and also taste tasting chocolate that's really important as well I keep forgetting about that <laughs> and they're supporting a local business supporting a local business is I, I don't think people can comprehend the value of getting local support from your own local place it's it's what kept you going through COVID you know when people are going oh we can't get our things from you know where what we normally would buy in a shop out in you know in Limerick if you were living where we are you could go down the road and buy a lovely box of chocolates. I mean, literally, the value of local was so, so um, important. And the COVID experience really showed us that. You've got to keep your local businesses handy. You've got to keep them going. And hopefully that will always be the case. That was Patricia Farrell, CEO of Wild Irish Chocolates in Toomgraney. Next week, we'll meet Birgitta Hedin Curtin, owner and CEO of the Burren Smokehouse in Listunvarna. This feature, Clare Women in Business, is funded by Kumashun Naman with a television licence fee. Claire.